and to read uh, the ninth chapter of John's Gospel today. Uh, that will serve as our text. I want to read for your hearing verse 25 of St. John chapter 9. It's a familiar passage of scripture, but we pray uh, God would send uh, fresh water even from an old well. St. John chapter 9 verse 25. He answered and said, Whether he be a sinner or no, I know not. One thing I know, that whereas I was blind, now I see. That's enough right there. That's what I want to talk about for these next few minutes. I want to talk about there's a whole lot I don't know, but there's one thing I do know. One thing I do know. The writer of the Gospel, John, gives us his purpose, his intentions for writing the Gospel in John chapter 20, verse 31, where it says that these things are written, that ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing ye might have life through his name. Notice when you look at the synoptic gospels that the writer of the gospel of Mark, first gospel written, was written beginning with the baptism of Jesus. The writer of the gospels of Matthew and Luke began their gospels with the account of Jesus' birth. But in contrast to those in the Gospel of John, the Gospel writer begins John with what you might call eternity past present. Because he begins with, in the beginning, the word already was. And that word was with God, and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Matter of fact, in him was life. And the life was the light of man. Let the church say the light of man. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. The gospel writer of John goes on to say in John 1 and 14 that this word, this word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Now everything that the gospel writer John writes between John chapter 1 verse 14 and then John chapter 20 verse 31 is to give support and evidence uh, to the fact that Jesus is God in flesh. And specifically here in chapter 9, that Jesus could not only heal blind people, but that he was God even through blinded eyes. Notice, if you will, that this is the only recorded instance in all of the Bible uh, where Jesus actually deals one-on-one -on -one with an individual suffering with what you call congenital blindness. Let the church say congenital blindness. 
congenital blindness. That is to say, this individual was not uh, born seen and then ended up blind. He was actually born blind. He had congenital blindness. It was in his genes, and it's within uh, uh, that context that we really see the first miracle in the chapter because verse 1 of chapter 9 says, listen, and as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth. Some of you missed it. It's the first miracle in the chapter. It's right there in verse 1. Listen, listen. Jesus saw a man which was blind from his birth. Uh, don't, don't miss it. Uh, 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 in verse 1, the man is blind. And since he's blind, that means he can't see Jesus. But as Jesus passes by, Jesus sees the man. You still ain't getting it. Listen, the man has congenital blindness. He's never seen a day in his life. But one day, Jesus passes by and Jesus sees him. you missing the miracle. He can't see Jesus, but Jesus can still see him. The miracle is not just that the man saw because he wouldn't have ever been able to see if Jesus had not first seen him. Preach, Perry. And somebody in here can testify that you experienced that same miracle one day in your life. And you recognize if in here today that you are where you are, not because you first saw Jesus, but rather because Jesus first saw you. Preach, Perry. Even when you didn't see him, the Bible says in Romans 5 and 8, but God commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And so you know he had to see you even before you could see him. And so check it out. Nothing happens until Jesus passes by and sees the brother. Well, what does, G, when, what does Jesus see when he sees the man? Well, listen, you got to go back to chapter 8 to get the context of the text. In chapter 8, listen, Jesus is put out of the church. He's put out of the synagogue because of some declarations he made concerning uh, his deity. Uh, for instance, uh, when you read chapter 8, uh, verse 12, uh, you'll find Jesus saying, according to the John uh, Gospel writer, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Yeah. And, and, and his critics, his haters, uh, the Jews in the synagogue said, man, you must think you, you, you better and greater than Abraham. And you must think you greater than the prophets who've come and who have died in ages past. And Jesus tells them in verse 56 of chapter 8, you talking about Abraham. He said, listen, your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day. And when he saw it by faith, he was made glad. And they say, man, what you talking about? You're not even 50 years old. And how you claiming you knew Abraham from hundreds of years ago. And Jesus tells him in verse 15, he said, listen, before Abraham was, preacher, I already am. And that last verse of chapter 8 then says he... They, they took up stones to cast at him, but Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple. And so it's on his way, after being put out of the church in chapter 8, that he walks into the mission of the church in chapter 9 and passes by a blind man. And then, listen, look at what he does. He uses the blind man in chapter 9 to demonstrate what they try to put him out of in chapter 8. That he's still the light even to blinded eyes. 
<laughs> and, and listen, when you look at the text in that light, you could say this blind man is really a representative of humanity. Because all of us have some congenital blindness. We're born with the inability to see Jesus on our own. Matter of fact, notice the man does not see Jesus even when Jesus is right there in front of the man. Matter of fact, uh, the blind man is even a picture of some of those not only in the world, but even in the church. Uh, just like the ones that put Jesus out of the church in chapter 8. Jesus was right there in the synagogue. He's right there in the sanctuary and still some, still some could not see who he really was. It suggests further that there can be some in the church today who are as blind as the man in the text was back then and the people in the synagogue trying to put Jesus out. Amen. Well, listen, pastor, wait a minute, wait a minute. Well, how can you tell who's blind in the church today? Well, let me answer that. Uh, Jesus says, uh, again, he says, I am the light of the world. Now, when I go to the ophthalmologist, I have high ocular pressure. Glaucoma runs on the farther side of my family, so I got to get it checked regularly. Listen, when I go into the ophthalmologist's office, when they test my eyes, they put me in a room. When they put me in a room, they don't turn on the lights. They turn off the lights. When they turn off the lights, they shine a light in my eye. Now, if my eyes are not responding to the light, that means I must be blind. And so you want to know how to tell who's blind on the row you sitting on? Well, you've been in here 35 minutes now. And if they've been in here 35 minutes and heard this choir talk about there is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins and sinners who plunge, preach courage beneath that flood, lose all their guilt and sin. If they heard and heard all of that, and they ain't responded with thank you, Jesus. Praise be to God. Bless his holy name. They must be blind. Because whenever I see, think, or even hear about the goodness of Jesus, can I get a witness in this place? I got to respond. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Then notice, listen, Jesus doesn't just remove darkness, but he even reveals darkness. God is in your faith, and he's worked a miracle in your life, healed your body, watched over your children, and you can't say thank you, woke you up this morning, started you and gave you clothing, health, and strength, and you can walk in here and not give him glory for your job, your car, your home, your family, your friends, your loved ones. Yeah, you must be blind. But I declare today, if the Lord has opened your eyes, Open your eyes, then you ought to at least open your mouth and give him glory in this place. Whenever you think about what he's done in your life, you ought to tell somebody, I see him now. I may not know a whole lot of things, but one thing I do know, he made a way for me. Yeah. Then notice, ladies and gentlemen, that after Jesus sees this individual, uh, the text reveals that a great indication uh, that a special blessing is coming your way. Listen, is when uh, some of those around you, uh, you find out they're not necessarily for you, and they start saying little things about you. Uh-huh, it's right there in the text. Some of the disciples, you thought they would have been for the man, uh, but they look at the man, and instead of encouraging him 
and casting compassion, uh, they start interrogating the man and critiquing his condition. Matter of fact, they even brought up some accusations about the man to Jesus himself. Listen to what they say when they see the blind man. They said, now Jesus, who sinned? Who sinned? Uh, in other words, who's the criminal? Uh, this man or his parents? Uh, that he was born blind. Uh, they're insinuating somebody must have done something wrong for the man to be in this condition. Uh, for him to be born blind, somebody must have been looking at something. They should not have been looking at in order for the man to be in the shape he was in. Uh, they were suggesting perhaps he was born blind because uh, God was punishing him for some unpunished sins of his father. Uh, perhaps they thought he might be suffering from uh, something he had done in some pre-incarnated state before he was born. It's amazing uh, isn't it how, how some folk can be so inquisitive uh, about somebody else's what they think sin is than they are about their own. Uh, I, I mean, I mean, I mean, some folk that they're like Johnny Cochran when they're defending their own sins, uh, but they're like Marsha Clark and Christopher Darden when trying to prosecute others. I had to go back and reach for that one. But look at what Jesus does. Jesus says, "Listen, uh, uh, neither has this man sinned." Uh, nor his parents. He said, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. In other words, Jesus just went ahead and announced the man's destiny while the critics were still stuck on his past. And I wish I had just a few folk in here this morning that were happy today that God does not determine how he's going to bless you uh, based on how your critics think about your background. Matter of fact, anybody in here just been blessed by God? Uh, uh, not because your past was so great, but God just looked beyond your past and blessed you anyhow. I mean, anybody in here, you really didn't deserve it when you think about it. Your background said you don't qualify for it. You don't measure up, but you had a but God experience. Am I talking to myself? I didn't deserve it, but God covered my past and went on and blessed my future despite what my haters had to say about it. Won't he do it? Jesus said nobody's sin, but it's so God will get the glory out of it. Somebody in here has been there. You had obstacle after obstacle. Looked like folk and everything was working against you. You didn't know why you were going through what you were going through. Didn't know what God was up to, but before you knew it, you found yourself up in here on a Sunday morning talking about to God be the glory for the things he's done. I, I, you say, Pastor, I, I, I've got still some hell I'm going through, but I'm counting it all joy. He's making a way. I can see my destination clearer now. Have I got a witness in this place? It's interesting. The disciples saw the man's condition as a sign of something done in his past, but God saw his condition as an opportunity to do a great work in the present. For he says, I must work the works of him that sent me. And Jesus says, while it is day, for the night cometh when no man can work. As long as I am in the world, Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Verse 6 of this same chapter says, Jesus then spat on the ground and made clay of the spittle 
and anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay. Uh, can y'all hear me? All right. Verse 6 says, Jesus spat on the ground, made clay of the spittle, anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay. Y'all sure this might go? I said, verse 6 says, Jesus spat on the ground, and then he made clay of the spit. And then anointed the eyes of the blind man with this might must not be oh, on. Oh, okay, okay, listen, listen. You 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 do know that that if you or I were to spit on the ground, it wouldn't make clay. No, it makes some mud, but it ain't gonna make no clay. But the Bible says in verse six, Jesus spat on the ground and made some clay. Now now now, now why would he make clay? What uh, of all the things he could have turned it into? Why would he use clay? Well, remember I told you the man has congenital blindness. So the man was born blind. He was created blind. So the man didn't need his sight restored. He didn't need his sight repaired. He needed sight created. And John, the gospel writer, wants you to know Jesus is the son of God. And so like his father liked making stuff out of clay in Genesis, the son can still do it in John in the new one. He do it. And aren't you glad? Aren't you glad this morning that every now and then when you lose some stuff, God won't always restore what you lost, but he'll bless you with something new and better than what you had before. Matter of fact, listen, this is my testimony. Maybe it's yours too. God will even bless you with some stuff you didn't even know to ask for on your own. Is that anybody else's testimony? Can I take it a step further? Matter of fact, he'll deny some of the stuff you asked for and give you something better you didn't know to ask for. Won't he do it? Somebody in here, you just been blessed immeasurably by God. Stuff you didn't even have enough sense to ask for. But thank God he sees you yes. even before you see him yes. and blesses you in that way. Yes. And so what happens? He spits on the ground. He makes clay. And then he does what with the clay? He puts it over the man's eyes. Puts it over the man's eyes. Get that picture in your mind. Spits on the ground. Makes clay. And he puts clay over a man's eyes. So what does that mean? That means now the man's condition looked like it worse than what it was before Jesus saw the man. And I discovered, and, and I'm sure you've discovered it in your life when you tried to help other folk. Uh, for some folk, I discovered some, sometimes stuff has to get worse before they're willing to do what it takes for them to get better. And, and so look at Jesus. Because you're missing it, I think. Some of you got it, but listen, I want everybody on board. I'm about to make a, 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 a strong left turn. I want you to fall off. He puts clay on a blind man's eyes. You, you get, listen, listen, listen. He, 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 he takes what would make a seeing man blind and uses it to make a blind man see. I 
got one that got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he, he takes what makes a seeing person blind. Uses the same thing to make a blind man now see. Lord, have mercy this morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and so uh, that's why when you trust in the Lord and are loyal to his church, even when it looks like things are not getting better, you join the church and then something else happens to you negatively. Don't get discouraged. Matter of fact, you ought to be encouraged. Encouraged to know that God can take what looks to be working against you, turn it around to work for you. Can you help me preach with this raggedy my sister today? Turn somebody just tell them it's turning around. It's Sometimes discouraged, but you're not defeated. Tell them it's turning around. You might be cast down, but you're not destroyed. Come on, tell them it's turning. It's turning around. Had an old washing machine, and uh, I discovered that uh, in order for uh, tough stains to get out, uh, it, it doesn't just turn the clothes around, uh, but it had to do what they call uh, give it an agitated turn. Yeah, yeah. If it just spent the clothes, it gets some stuff out, but it couldn't get the, the hard stuff out. Yeah. The bad things, the bad, and, and so it had an agitated turn, uh-huh. and, and I and I found out that that, that if it just turned around, uh-huh. yeah, 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 you you still have some stains on you, but when it's an agitated turn, I wonder anybody had the experience of God? He didn't just turn it around. Uh huh. Now, Pool of Salome is on the outskirts of the city, on the outskirts of the city, and and it's a uh, uh, it was a uh, a diving pool. Uh, divers would use it to practice diving, and it was fifty feet long, but it's nineteen feet deep. And, and, and divers would practice in it, and, and this is where the man's faith has to kick in. Uh, because he, he, he got to find his way all the way out the city to a pool 19 feet deep, washing it and not drown. And the Bible says uh, he went that way and washed. All right. All right. It, it's a diving pool. It's on the outskirts of the city. 19 feet deep. He can't see. The Bible said he went on. He got there. He washed. All right, all right. It's a diving pool. The man ain't never seen a day in his life. He got to find his way out the city, wash in a 19-foot deep pool and not drown. And the Bible said he made it. Okay, all right. You're not shouting. You're waiting to see what happened after he got there. But you missing the miracle. You ain't got to wait to see what happened when he got there. Just the fact he made it, you out be shouting on. Because how you gonna make it and you can't see? 
I'm glad you asked me. When you've been with the Lord, you don't just go where you can see. Ain't no faith necessary with that. But when you walk with God, yeah, you go where you can't see, and God will make a way for you. Won't he do it? And so the man gets there, he washes. Now you go ahead and shout. The Bible said he came out seen. And lastly, something else happens when he gets back to his old neighborhood. I thought the folk would have been throwing a party for him. I thought they'd been happy that the man finally got sight. But the record is they started interrogating the man themselves. Matter of fact, listen, you know what some of the folks said? They said this can't be the man. Ain't that something? This man never seen before in his life, but he recognized them. They've been seeing all they like, and now they can't recognize him. Now you say, Pat, now how did that happen? Well, I found out the reason they couldn't recognize the man, because God had been so good to him that they didn't realize that whenever you really been with the Lord, you don't ever look like all the stuff you've been through. Oh, bless his name. And then they take the man to the Pharisees. They interrogate him further, talking about uh, this man you claim healed you. Uh, don't you know he's a sinner? He's a big sinner. Jesus is a sinner. That's what they're accusing Jesus of. And the man finally tells him, he said, listen, man, uh, whether he be a sinner or no, he said, I don't know. There's a whole lot of stuff I don't know. I don't know. I ain't seen a day in my life till today. So a whole lot of stuff I don't know. But he said, look here, let me tell you one thing I do know. Whereas I was blind, now I can see. I wonder, is that anybody's testimony in here this morning? A whole lot of stuff I don't know. But one thing you ought to know. Utah, I was in Utah, January 26, 1966. I was born on a street called I Heard. Mama told me about that street at the age of six in Chicago, Illinois. Uh, we moved to a street called I Believe. Now I'm in Peachtree City, Georgia, and I'm living on a street called I Know and I Believe. There's a whole lot of stuff I don't know, but one thing I do know, I sure been open. Uh, that's the formal way of saying, listen, if you've not accepted Christ in the free part of your sins, if you don't know this man, Jesus, won't you just ask him to come into your heart right now? You need him as your savior today. No sense if you leave it here the same way you can. You just ask the Lord Jesus, come into my heart right now. And then step out of that room and 
come on down front, meet me here at the altar, and uh, salvation is yours. Salvation is that simple. If thou shalt confess with thy mouth, and even our heart confess with thy mouth, the Lord Jesus, that God the Father raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Listen, here's the second part to our invitation. Perhaps you've already accepted Christ, but the Holy Spirit has led you to Cornerstone this morning. You're not here by accident, you're here by divine providence. Won't you be a part of the Cornerstone family? God has so many blessings in store for you, but he's not going to send them to you. He's going to send them to the place where he's expecting you to be. And that's in his church. He sent his only begotten son, Jesus the Christ, to die. Not for the world, but for his church. And he's coming back again for his church. And so you ought to be in the church. And so this is our invitation to you as well to join the church. And so come on, come on, let's join today. Come on, come on, come out of that road. Come on, meet me down here. It's a wonderful day to join the church. We're praying for you. Come on. building this kingdom work and uh, we thank God for moving upon this uh, young brother's heart uh, to come forward today uh, listen uh, you want to be a part of the Lord's church I asked him in private but I want you to hear his testimony and uh, you are giving your life over to Christ recognize Jesus died for your sins alright and, uh, and you want to be a part of the Cornerstone Family Church as well willing to be baptized Wow, wow, wow. Listen to those. <laughs> yeah, for those that don't know you, give us your name. And if there's anything else you'd like to say, you can say that. 
You don't have to say anything, but give us your name. Uh, my name is Mark Porter. All right. All right. Gentlemen, bless you. Bless you, Mark Porter. Now, who invited you? In particular? Your uncle? Who's your uncle? Stacy? Oh, Stacy. Stacy Porter. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. What a blessing. What a blessing. What a blessing. What a blessing. Listen, I'm pastor. Is that all right, Mommy? You? All right. All right. That's good enough for me. Listen, Cornstone, you.